0: Listening to Play on Words on CFUV 101.9 FM, broadcasting from the Husanich and Songhees territories of the Senchothan and Lekwungen speaking peoples, also known as Victoria. Join us for part one of Fragmented Identity, a radio drama written by Melanie Love.
1: Kimberly. Here. Finny. Michael. Here. Orkowski. Lena.
2: Here.
0: Ma. Denise. Julia's ears perk up when she hears the last name of Ma. In a school of predominantly white people, an Asian-sounding last name was rare.
3: Um, hi, Denise. I'm Julia. Hey, Julia.
4: Sucks to be back in school, huh? Hey, are you Asian? I overheard the teacher when he called out your last name, Chiu, when he was doing attendance. Is
3: your last name Chinese?
0: Julia was shocked that Denise was also having a similar experience.
3: Yeah, I'm part Asian. My dad is Chinese and my mom is Scottish. Your last name also sounded Asian. Are you part Asian? Wow, that is so
4: cool. Yeah, I'm also half Asian. I'm almost the exact same mix as you. My dad is Chinese and my mom is British. But everyone thinks that I'm Eastern European because my skin color is so white. But you look way more Asian than I do. I don't really have any friends. It's really great to
3: meet you.
0: Julia was 18 years old, and this was the first time that she'd ever met someone, aside from her brother, Evan, who reflected her ancestral identity.
3: I have zero friends who are Asian. We should make Konggi sometime. I haven't had congi in so long. Cool. I have the best recipe.
5: Julia, can you please set the table and let your dad and Evan know that dinner's ready? Yeah, in a minute
3: mom. What's for dinner tonight?
5: Uh, We are having hamburgers and broccoli. Don't worry, I put on a few of your vegetarian burgers so you can eat with us. Grab your plate and load up your own toppings. How was school?
1: Hi sweetie.
3: School was okay, but I met someone who is part Asian and part white. She's almost the exact same mix as me. Her dad is Chinese and her mom is British. But she looks super white. Way more white than I do. People think that she's Eastern European because she's so white-looking.
1: That's interesting. It's not every day you meet somebody as unique as you are.
5: I wonder if she looks like her mother. When you were a child, strangers would ask me if I adopted you because your skin color was so much darker than mine. I always thought that it was rude that they would say that in front of you. What if I had actually adopted you but hadn't told you yet? That could have been really upsetting for you to
1: hear from a stranger.
3: I'll ask her if she looks like her mom. Maybe her mom's genes just
5: dominated more than their dad's genes did.
1: I never got asked that question when I was out with the kids.
5: I never got asked that question when we were together with the kids. Only when I was out alone with them. What?
3: Like, who are they to judge? Did they also ask you, what race is she? I get asked that question all the time. Some people think I'm less of a human being and more of an object that needs to be defined. They don't even give a crap what my name is. They just want to know what my race is. I don't get why people are so obsessed with racial identity.
5: How can that be my value? People would ask me that question, and I told them that you are my little girl. It's not anyone's business what your background is. I didn't want to waste my time explaining your racial background to a stranger. If people are that interested in racial diversity, they can go research it at a library or ask someone they know. It's not appropriate for strangers to ask me those kinds of questions.
3: Hmm... I guess I need to practice my responses to questions about my racial background.
5: If someone asks you about your racial background, that is for you to decide if you want to answer their question.
1: No one has the right to know what your racial identity is. It's actually kind of racist to ask someone what their race is. Technically, race refers to physical characteristics that are associated with a certain ethnic group, but you cannot generalize that all people from one ethnic group will have the same features.
3: I totally ask people what their race is, and I'm not racist.
1: I'm not saying that you discriminate against other people because of their race, but asking someone that question can be racist because it implies you believe in the concept of race defining a group of people when it technically doesn't. If you're asking someone that question because you're curious about their cultural background, then you could ask what their ethnicity is, not their race.
3: I had no idea there was a difference between race and ethnicity.
5: Neither did I.
1: When I was in elementary school in Sudbury, the other kids would make fun of me for being Chinese. They'd pull their eyes to the sides and mock me and my siblings for singing fake Chinese at us. Everyone would laugh at us. We weren't friends with any of them. They judged us on our physical features and discriminated against us because of how we looked. That was definitely one reason we stopped speaking to each other in Cantonese. Being humiliated at such a young age made me feel like I didn't fit in. So I started to only speak English in school to try fit in.
3: I've had some encounters with racism. Do you remember that time when I was 6 and Evan was 4? We were at Storybrooke Gardens and I remember these people yelling at us to get off the playground equipment and take a look at our skin color because we weren't allowed to be playing there. I remember you and mom yelling at them, but I never really understood what happened that day.
1: Wow. I'm shocked that you even remember that. They were yelling racial slurs at you and Evan saying who let those moose kids in here look at their skin color they aren't allowed in here they thought that because of your skin color that you were first nations i yelled at them because it didn't matter if you were first nations or not first nations people were allowed in there too they disagreed with me and continued to argue with me about first nations people being allowed in public spaces when i told them that i was chinese they apologized for the racial slurs But I told them, that wasn't the point. That's why we ended up leaving the playground early that day. That's crazy.
6: I have no memories from that day at all.
3: So those people thought it was okay to be racist against First Nations people, but not against Chinese people? And they also think it's okay to be yelling racist slurs at First Nations children? Wow, I'm glad we left the park early that day.
5: Yeah, things got pretty intense that day.
6: Whoa, guess I'm lucky I don't remember that experience. I'm on dish duty tonight. Please stack your dishes in the center of the table.
3: People ask me all the time what my race is. I never realized that there was a difference between my physical features and my cultural background. I thought race was ethnicity.
0: Julia stared in the mirror, trying to decide what physical features that she had that be considered Chinese or Scottish. Was she less or more of one ethnicity because her features were so unique?
1: Julia remembers from people being racist against her as a child.
5: I don't think she has had that many. I'm sure most people just see how beautiful she is and the color of her skin doesn't matter.
1: What kind of world do you think we're living in? I'd like to believe that racism doesn't exist. That hasn't been our experience. Do you remember the looks and ignorant comments that we would get from people on the street when we would be walking together even holding hands?
5: Things aren't as bad as they were when we started dating during the 70s. People are used to seeing different skin colors dating. We've come a long way since then.
1: Well, I hope so. It was illegal for white and non-white people to get married in the United States until 1967.
5: Oh, Calvin, why are you getting so upset? That was only in the US, not in Canada.
1: Racist laws make people believe it's okay to discriminate against people based on their race. The students at Julia's High School are predominantly white the city that we live in is predominantly white. I would like to believe that people don't discriminate against skin color, but they do. Do you remember when we got married and how your parents warned us about what our children would even look like? Yeah. Your parents were generally worried about the lives of our children would be like because they knew what the world is like for people whose skin color is not white. I know you haven't had much experience with racism because of your white privilege, but it's been an issue for us for a long time and still is an issue.
5: Skin color is not something that I have ever valued a person by. So it's hard for me to accept that Julia or Evan may be experiencing racism because I don't know how to protect them from it. All I wanna do is make sure my kids are safe.
1: Well, pretending that racism doesn't exist isn't going to protect them from it. Maybe this is a conversation that we need to have with both Julia and Evan.
5: What are we gonna tell them? That they should expect some people to treat them differently because of their skin color?
1: I think we need to have a conversation with them about their history of racism and how they respond to those questions. I'd like to know if it's something they already are aware of.
5: That sounds like a good idea. But do you think it's really going to help them deal with it?
1: I don't know. But I wish someone had talked to me about this when I was growing up. I think it's important. Our kids know that it's not okay for someone to make racist comments to them. It would have made me more comfortable talking to my parents about racism if someone had told me that racist behavior is not okay. But no one had that conversation with me. I just tolerated it and never talked about it.
5: Okay, I agree. Let's just try to talk to them about it this weekend.
1: Yeah. I think the conversation is long overdue.
0: Calvin, Kathy, Julia, and Evan sat down the next evening and had a long conversation about the history of racism in Canada. Calvin explained the history of the genocide of indigenous people in Canada and colonialism. He also explained the slave trade, the Chinese workers who built the CP Railway, the Chinese head tax, the Chinese Exclusion Act, and the Japanese internment camps. Julia and Evan were so confused as to why they had never heard about colonialism or the genocide of indigenous people before.
1: Some people are not ready to have an in-depth conversation about colonialism because this belief system still exists in Canada today.
3: I feel ashamed to be a Canadian when you frame things that way.
1: I'm not trying to upset you, but it's important that you understand the history of this country.
0: They retreated to their favorite place in their backyard to smoke a joint together. Julia sat on a tire swing and Evan sat at a picnic table
6: rolling up a joint for them to smoke.
3: That's crazy, everything that dad just told us.
6: I'm relieved to hear the truth. Haven't you encountered racism?
3: Yeah, but I didn't know that the government passed so many racist laws. I'm almost done high school, and this is the first time that I've ever heard about the genocide against indigenous people. Genocide just sounds so evil. I don't think that the government is evil.
6: Dad wasn't saying that the government is evil, but doesn't it make a lot more sense now for why people are racist? The government created these laws, and people believe them. Even though some of these laws have been reversed, it doesn't change the belief patterns of people. Mom lives in this fantasy land where, because she's not racist, she thinks that other white people aren't racist. But I've met a lot of racist people who make comments about how I look, especially because my skin tone is dark.
3: Mom is just trying to see the good in the world like she does with everyone. Hmm. I think I'm also kind of like her. I don't like to believe that someone is being racist towards me. I always felt like I needed to answer strangers when they asked me, what are you? But now I know that it's none of their business. I wonder if the reason they haven't asked me a question is because they discriminate against certain ethnicities.
6: Just tell them that you're human. Why do they even ask you that question? I don't get why people are so obsessed with labels and race. I don't like that other people are constantly trying to put me in a box and label me as something.
3: Yeah, oh my god, that's so annoying. And then when you like don't fit into their box, sometimes they get so pissed off. People have apologized to me because my parents were different ethnicities. I was like, what am I supposed to do about it?
6: Yes, sis, that's a frustrating thing. There's nothing we can do about it. I'm in this body and it's the only body I have. We all have human bodies, so why are we still wasting time discriminating against each other based on our skin color or ethnic identity?
3: Well, I mean, just because some of these laws have been reversed it doesn't mean that the values of people have changed. Some people just don't want to accept the truth that the lives of people who have a different skin color or racial background are just as valuable as their own.
6: Do you think they'll ever change?
3: Hmm. Hopefully one day. I think maybe we just need to be okay with ourselves.
6: It's hard to accept myself when people make racist comments.
3: I really hate that every time I get one of those questioners at school that only lets you check one box where ethnicity is, and I check the other box because there's no options for mixed ethnic backgrounds.
6: Next time. Just check all the boxes. That's what I do.
3: No way! You're going to mess up the statistics by doing that.
6: Good. I'm not (laughs) willing to participate in their game of labels and boxes. I don't want to be one of their statistics.
3: Sometimes I feel like you're the only one I can ever relate to.
6: I feel the same way, sis. At least we can both not fit into the box together.
3: I don't understand this world that I'm living in. I feel like I'm only part of the human that I need to be. I don't want to accept that the world is racist, but it now I only get why I don't fit in. Evan always has the best advice. I wonder if I can just love myself as a human instead of for my ethnicity. Why do we continue to divide and subdivide each other based on racial or ethnic identity? I know that I'm not my ethnic background, but I'm still not sure what I am. Do I want to be put into a label or box?
0: Julia and Denise meet at the mall the next day to go shopping.
4: Hey, Julia. What's up? Hey, Denise. How's it going? It's going okay. I'm procrastinating studying for the tasks that we have next week. I was excited to get your text to come and meet you at the mall because I want to get some new shoes. I don't think I was going to study much anyways.
3: This mall is my favorite. I'm actually thinking about applying to get a summer job here.
4: Think Um, you have any money left if you work in the mall? Oh, I didn't think about that actually. I think I'm going to work at a camp again. I'd prefer to be outside in the summer. Even on a rainy day? It's better than being stuck in the mall summer. Check out that cool tea shop. I need to get some green tea. I've never been in a tea shop before. Oh, look. They're giving out samples.
2: Cool.
3: I've been thinking about this whole concept of race and was wondering if you feel connected to your ethnic backgrounds.
2: Whoa.
4: That's a loaded question. Sometimes I feel connected to my ethnic backgrounds, but other times I feel completely disconnected.
3: Do you speak Cantonese or Mandarin?
4: Yeah, kind of. My dad spoke to me in Cantonese growing up. I can understand when someone is speaking to me in Cantonese. But when I try to respond in Cantonese, people don't really understand what I'm saying. It's really embarrassing.
3: I don't speak any Cantonese. My dad barely spoke it, and I never had the ambition to learn. Do you celebrate Chinese New Year? Yeah, I love it. The red envelopes are the best. But I feel really out of place, my relatives are all speaking Cantonese, and I don't understand what they're saying.
4: I feel out of place when I get the red envelope with Chinese characters on it, but
3: I can't read it. Sometimes I feel like I'm a poser at these events, because I don't really understand the culture. I'm totally a Twinkie. Twinkie? One of my family members
4: actually called me that. They were trying to speak to me in Cantonese, but couldn't understand my response in Cantonese. It was so embarrassing. I am so whitewashed. It's hard though when you live in a city with all white people and hardly anyone speaks Cantonese here. Does your dad still speak Cantonese? Yeah, he still speaks it with his siblings. Maybe you can practice with him. That's a good idea. When I started going to school, I tried to only speak English all the time at home, but my dad insisted that we speak Cantonese at home until I was a teenager. I just wanted to fit in at school and didn't want the other kids to think that I had an accent, but they knew I was different. Kids can be so mean at school when you are different. Sometimes it's hard to not hear the hurtful words of others. It can be, but you need to protect yourself from it. Hey, have you heard of the HAPA community? No, what is that? HAPA is a Hawaiian word that means part or mixed. It's used to refer to anyone who was of mixed Hawaiian ancestry. There's actually a big event happening in Vancouver in a few months called Palooza. It's a celebration of people of mixed ancestry. It's an entire weekend dedicated to celebrating diversity. I'll send you an invite to like their Facebook page. Cool! I want to go! Yay! I'm planning to go because I also want to visit the campus at University of British Columbia as well. I applied to go to school there. Maybe we could go on a road trip?
3: Whoa! No way! Me too! I heard that the campus is so beautiful. I'll check out more information on Facebook and we can make a plan.
4: Cool! That sounds sweet! See you at school!
0: Julia told her parents about the hap event in Vancouver and asked them if they would help pay for her flight to Vancouver. Her parents agreed to pay for half the cost for her flight for a graduation present. Julia spent the next few months taking every shift she could to make extra money to pay for a trip to Vancouver. Her flight was booked and Denise's was too. Julia catches the early morning flight from Toronto and arrives in Vancouver. She checks into the High Hostel and heads out to explore Vancouver. She ends up walking around English Bay and Sunset Beach. This is the first time that Julia has ever seen the ocean. She has always had a love of water and spent a lot of time near lakes, but the ocean is something she's never experienced until now.
3: Evan told me that the ocean is a reflection of our subconscious. I don't really understand what that really means, but I definitely feel good near the ocean. Watching the waves reminds me that things are constantly changing. Change scares me a lot. This is my first trip away from home, and I was really scared to leave my parents. I don't think I would have been able to come out here if it wasn't for Denise coming too. She's my best friend, and I hope we'll stay best friends forever.
0: Julia gets up early to check out some vintage stores on Granville. As she's exiting a store, she notices a Fish Farms Out Now poster on a telephone pole.
3: Hmm, that looks cool.
2: Fish Farms Out Now. No consent, no fish farms. Fish farms are start to
7: go. Fish Farms Out Now. Did you know that the wild salmon are a keystone species of the West Coast?
3: No, I've never had salmon. What's a keystone species?
7: It means that over 137 other species in the ecosystem depend on them. The farmed salmon carry viruses and are threatening the lives of the wild salmon. Without the salmon, the integrity of the ecosystem would be severely compromised or not exist at all. You can also follow us on Facebook, Fish Farms Out Now, to stay up to date on the latest news. You can also sign our petition that is advocating for the Government of Canada to shut down the fish farms that are operating.
3: Sure, I'll sign it.
7: Great, thank you. Do you want to sign up for our newsletter?
3: Yes, please. I'll tell all my friends in Ontario about this.
7: Where are you from in Ontario? London. Welcome to the West Coast, my name is George.
3: Thank you. This place is beyond my wildest dreams. My name is Julia.
7: George's
0: eyes locked onto Julia's. He froze as if he was unable to speak, but then he suddenly shook his head and replied to her.
7: Great to meet you, Julia. I hope you enjoy your visit.
3: Nice to meet you too, George. Thanks for all the information.
0: Julia was confused as to why George responded the way he did at the end of their conversation, but didn't really think much about it. The energy was so alive with everyone standing in solidarity for Salmon. There were people playing drums, carrying banners, and signs. This was the first rally that Julia had ever been to, and she was really interested in learning more about the environmental issues on the West Coast. Later that evening, Julia meets up with Denise and their new HAPA friends, Sadar, Lisa, and Jeremy. They attend the HAPAPalooza social event at the Richmond Night Market. The group planned to meet at the Bridgeport SkyTrain stop before heading to the Richmond Night Market. The night market was inspired by the all-night shopping extravaganza seen across Asia.
4: I can't wait to try tornado potatoes. Check out this picture on Instagram. They look so cool. Someone also posted a pic of their lightbulb drinks. I hope I have enough cash for all these good cool things.
3: Sweet. Yeah, let's try to find both of those. I'm so hungry. Have you
2: ever been to one of these HAPA events before? No. This is
3: my first time. I've been thinking about my racial identity a lot lately. And I want to learn more about this community.
2: Me too. I was adopted and don't know anything about my biological parents. People definitely notice that I don't look like my adoptive parents. What do you tell people when they ask you what your race is? I tell them that I'm adopted, but people usually get really uncomfortable and then ask me awkward questions like Have I tried to find out who my real parents are or done a DNA test? Sometimes I make up my ancestry because it's crazy how much personal information people feel entitled to know.
4: Yeah, I get that lot too. Just because you look different, they feel like they need to know what you are instead of who you are. I've gotten such rude responses when I tell people that I'm part Korean and part Jamaican. Now I tell people that it's none of their business. People get really offended, but I don't care.
3: Whoa. I wish I could tell people that. It's really none of their business.
4: I think they're asking you because they're trying to figure out what you are. That question really pisses me off.
2: Sometimes I just tell people that I'm human. That totally pisses him off, but it's kind of funny.
3: Crazy, my brother does that too. He really doesn't like labels.
7: I'm British and Punjabi. I don't say that I'm part of one ethnicity because I'm that ethnicity. But tell me, I think you are right. The biggest picture is I'm human.
4: I really like that perspective, Siddhar. I've always felt weird saying that I'm part Chinese because I look super white. People would make jokes asking me what part of you is Chinese because I don't look Chinese. I never knew how to respond.
7: Yeah, I get that. When I stopped dividing myself into part, I realized that I was already whole. I'm a human being, not an object that you look at on a shelf. I still struggle with this concept of racial identity. but. I definitely feel more connected to my ethnicity.
3: I really like that you can call yourself whole. I felt really disconnected my entire life, but I feel really comforted and connected to the Hapa community. I've been following the Facebook page and the posts are awesome.
2: Yeah, the Hapa community has been really accepting of me. Pretty cool that you can also connect with tons of people online who also have mixed ancestry. Well, I guess we should head back, huh
3: Denise? We've got our UBC tour early tomorrow.
2: Oh man, I totally forgot. Yes, we gotta go. Okay, we're gonna keep looking around. See you guys later.
3: It was so nice to be around people like me. People who get it.
4: Yeah, those guys were pretty cool. The market was sweet.
0: Julia had still not adjusted from being on Eastern Time and was up before Denise. She headed down to get the complimentary breakfast and walked past a bulletin board that had a job post for a job at the hostel. It said for more details to inquire at the front desk. After she finished washing her dishes she headed to the front desk to ask them about the job. They were looking for someone to start immediately and the position also included free accommodation and a daily breakfast at the hostel. They required a minimum four month commitment, but Julia would also be entitled to stay at any other high hostel around the world for free. Julia was interested, but wanted to think about it a bit more. When she got back to the room, Denise was ready to go and they headed out to explore UBC. While on the tour, Julia sees some posters for a protest at Burnaby Mountain against the Trans Mountain Pipeline. Julia doesn't know anything about it, but
3: grabs a flyer. I went to my first activist event the other day. It was super cool. Tomorrow, I'm going to an event against the Trans Mountain Pipeline. I started researching it tonight, and it's crazy they want to build this pipeline. I'm going to make a sign. But I can't decide what it should say. It makes me so mad what they're doing to the environment. I want to stay on the West Coast longer. I saw a job posting for a job at a hostel. It looks really cool. Maybe I should apply.
0: That evening, she sends an email to the hostel with her resume. Julia heads out early the next morning to the protest on Burnaby Mountain. People are gathering at the Protect the Inlet camp around a fire. George is also in the circle.
7: Julia approaches George.
3: Hey George, I'm surprised to see you at this event. I didn't expect to see you again on my trip out here.
7: Hey Julia, great to see you out at the event today. It's a pretty big deal what's going on with the Trans Mountain Pipeline.
3: Yeah, I saw a poster for this event when I was at UBC yesterday. I had no idea this was going on out here, but it's so cool to learn about all these things. I knew that the pipeline was good for the economy, but I didn't know that they were building it on unceded Indigenous territory. I thought they had permission.
7: Yeah, unfortunately a lot of knowledge from the Indigenous perspective is not taught in school, but it's great to hear that you are open to learning about these issues.
3: It's upsetting to hear about everything the government of Canada has done and continues to do to Indigenous people. I think it's really important that people hear the truth.
7: I have a great book that I can loan to you that you may be interested in. I also teach workshops on what reconciliation means for Indigenous people. I'm not sure what you were taught in school, but we can talk about it some more if you want.
3: That would be great. I'm really interested in learning as much as I can before I head back to Ontario.
7: Okay, do you want to meet me tomorrow in Stanley Park?
3: Where did you want to meet?
7: The totem poles are pretty significant landmarks at Stanley Park. Let's meet there at 3 p.m. If you can't find them, here's my phone number. Just give me a call if anything changes or if you are lost.
3: Okay, sounds good.
7: See you tomorrow. Julia felt so alive after being at
0: Burnaby Mountain. She cancels her flight back to Ontario and FaceTimes her parents to tell them the news.
3: Hey, Mom and Dad. Vancouver. So cool. I'm meeting tons of new people.
5: Good for you. We miss you a lot.
3: I miss you too. Maybe you should come out here and visit? I canceled my return flight because I got a job at the hostel out here. What? What kind of job is it? Where are you going to live? Working reception for the hostel I'm staying at. I actually get to live at the hostel for free. Plus, they have breakfast every morning. I'll be working downtown Vancouver and get to meet so many cool people. I'm really excited.
5: Well, that's great. I hope there's no bedbugs at this hostel.
3: How long are you going to be away? No bedbugs, mom. I'm not sure when I'll be back home, but I can book my return flight whenever. So, I took a job at the hostel and cancelled my flight home. It didn't feel right to leave so soon. And I don't know when I'll be able to come back here again. It's so different out here from Ontario. I really like spending time by the ocean. I never felt connected to nature or any of the issues that Indigenous people are fighting for. Activism is a cool word. I met an older Indigenous man named George who knows a lot about this stuff. He even teaches workshops on it. I want to learn as much from him as I can. I'm scared to be out here without Denise, but at least I made some friends at the Hapa event. They are really cool. Maybe I can convince Denise to also cancel her flight. That.
0: Julia arrives at Stanley Park early to make sure she can find the totem poles. She laughs when she sees how gigantic they are. Julia had never seen
7: totem poles before coming out west. She sees George by the ocean.
3: Hey George, how are you?
7: Hey Julia, I'm okay. You found the totem poles all right.
3: Yeah, I had no idea they'd be marked on Google Maps.
0: Julia and George find a bench near the ocean.
7: Here's a book you can borrow. It's called The Inconvenient Indian. It has a lot of good information on the history of indigenous people in North America. Thank you. I also do online workshops on what reconciliation means for Indigenous people, if you want to organize one with you and your friends in Ontario.
3: No way! That'd be so cool! I bet my dad would like to attend it too. He's really passionate about Indigenous issues.
7: You don't say. What kind of work does he do?
3: He's an engineer, very scientific, but also very passionate about social justice issues. He actually called what has happened to Indigenous people in Canada a genocide. Maybe a bit extreme, but he wanted to make sure I understood the history properly.
7: Really? Well, he sounds like he knows what he's talking about. What teachers are told to teach in school and what you actually learn are pretty different.
3: I guess so. Genocide just sounds so horrible.
7: It has been horrible what has happened and continues to happen to Indigenous people in this country. We are finally at the point of talking about reconciliation. And I'm still unsure if the government truly wants that. What do you mean? The government has a history of creating policies, initiatives as lip service, or just saying what they are doing something when their actions don't actually follow up. We have a long way to go on the path of reconciliation.
3: I still don't really understand, but I guess that's why you teach workshops on this stuff.
7: I would be happy to host one for you. There was also another reason I wanted to meet you today. What is it? (coughs) I've really struggled with whether I should tell you this or not, but I asked my ancestors for guidance. Meeting you at Burnaby Mountain was the sign that I needed. Every time I hear the name Julia, I have always wondered if it was Julia Chu. When you signed up for the newsletter at the Fish Farms Rally, I saw that was your last name, Chu.
3: I'm really confused. How do you know my name?
7: My name is George Wilson. I am Anishinaabe from the Magnetohuan First Nation. I knew your grandmother, Jinman.
3: What are you talking about? How did you know my grandmother? I don't even know my grandmother because she died when I was three years old.
7: Your grandmother and I had an affair. I loved her. Is your father's name Calvin?
3: Whoa, this is getting weird. Yeah, my dad's name is Calvin. Did you know him?
7: I am Calvin's biological father. I am your biological grandfather. When we met at the fish farms rally, I realized who you were but I didn't know if it would be a good idea to tell you who I was.
3: I don't understand. My grandfather on my father's side died before I was even born.
7: Calvin was born during a time when the Canadian government were taking indigenous kids from their parents and putting them into residential schools. Your grandmother was terrified that Calvin would be taken away. She forbid me from having a real relationship with him. I stayed in Sudbury until he was six years old watching him grow up but not being able to have a real relationship with him.
3: Wait, so you are my dad's real father?
7: Biologically, yes. But your grandmother's husband was his legal father. No one knew about me. Your grandmother and I kept our relationship a secret.
3: What? No way. How can all this be true? How can I trust you?
7: I'm not lying, Julia. I understand if you are upset but there is proof of the relationship that I had with your grandmother, if you want to see it. What is it?
0: George pulls out a picture of Julia as a newborn baby inside of the card of her birth announcement and a handwritten letter from her grandmother. Julia is shocked.
3: Wait, what are you doing with this?
7: Your grandmother mailed me your picture and baby announcement. That was the last time that I heard from her.
3: This is insane. This can't be for real.
7: I'm not lying, Julia. I'm telling you the truth. I didn't know if I should.
3: My life is none of your business. How do you know who you are or how you really got a copy of my birth announcement? This is crazy.
7: I'm so sorry, Julia. I did not mean to make you upset. I'm sorry if I hurt you.
3: You are not my grandfather. I don't even know you. I'm getting out of here.
7: Julia rips up the copy of her birth announcement
0: and throws it in the garbage. (laughs) She walks away completely overwhelmed with emotions. She wishes that she'd never agreed to meet George on that day. She promises herself that she would never tell anyone about George, and will pretend that today never happened. George remains on the bench where his granddaughter had just been sitting with him. As soon as Julia is out of his sight, he goes over to the garbage can and picks out the ripped up pieces of Julia's birth announcement. This was the only picture that he had had of his granddaughter, and although Julia didn't want to have a relationship with him, George was not ready to let her go from his heart. Luckily, George had hung on to the letter from Jin Min. These were some of his most treasured items. They represented to him memories that he'll always hold space for in his heart.
7: There goes my chance at ever seeing Calvin again. I thought it was the right thing to do, to tell Julia. Now all I have is a ripped-up picture of her, and she thinks I'm a liar. Maybe one day she'll come around, or maybe Jimin was right about not telling anyone about the affair. How can so much pain come from such a beautiful love?
0: This episode of Play On Words was produced by Melanie Lum and Arcade Palette with help from Neville Meyer, Neha Saxana, Minaj Saxana, Seema Saxana, Yukari Peerless, Gabriel Underwood, Amber Fox, Silas Cern, Coco Nielsen, Philo Russ, and Jordan Gallic. Our executive producer is Mary Decker, and special thanks to Q Ho Chu. Music in this podcast was provided by Anatech and Arcade. Play On Words is made possible by the Community Radio Fund of BC Gaming Society. If you like what you heard, subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Next time, on Fragmented Identity
3: I feel like I need a label to fit in, but I hate labels. But I do like the label of Hapa. I've met some really cool people. Being just a human sounds weird. My friend Jeremy also calls himself a human. I also met this man named George, who claims that he's my biological grandfather. I don't even know this man, so I don't know if he's lying or not. It really pissed me off. Like, he knows more about who I am than I do. Whatever. Whoa!
6: It's so great to finally meet you too! This thing is so crazy. I'm so glad you came to meet us.
1: When I first heard about you, I didn't think we'd meet so soon. Wait, Julia, you knew about this and you didn't tell me? You brought a stranger into my home
7: without telling me the truth about who he is?
6: Dad, I'm so sorry! DNA test?
7: Whoa, you really think that's necessary? And we did this to protect you from the authority figures thinking that he was indigenous. But
3: I really don't get why he wouldn't at least try to have a relationship with his real dad. His father died when he was pretty young, and it didn't sound like he had a good relationship with
1: him. Maybe it's too late. Maybe it's too late. Maybe it's too late.
2: Maybe it's too late. Listen to part two at CFUVpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Hey, gimme your ear. Let's uh let's pull back the curtain for a minute and check out behind the scenes of CFUV's podcasts.
2: Hey, my name's Arcade Pellet, and I am one of the producers of this episode of Play On Words here on CFUV 101.9 FM. <laughs> I uh, I put all of my love, my anger, and my sorrow into editing fragment. Fragmented Identity, as well as many of the other podcasts in this series. I guess I wanted to speak to the emotional side of this podcast because it's something I feel like people don't really talk about, which is being mixed race. And that's just one of the topics of Fragmented Identity. It goes into a lot more. Uh, I'm half Filipino and half Canadian-Ukrainian, and while these days I'm very comfortable with the equilibrium my own cultural identity is reached, when I was Julia's age, I had a lot of the same feelings that she did. Filipino culture was assimilated by a long history of Spanish colonists and colonialism, and my other side of my family's Ukrainian culture was assimilated kind of naturally by being Canadian settlers, and it's a huge hodgepodge, especially in my household. And I guess I just wanted to say to me... Emotionally, a fragmented identities message echoed somewhere deep inside of my soul. <laughs> as as weird as that is. It's you know, it's tough being mixed race sometimes. You feel like you're a castaway in a huge genetic and cultural sea and sometimes it feels like there's no place that'll accept you, but that's not really the truth. And you can become lost when you're finding your place. But I promise that you can and you will find your own cultural identity either through some aspect of your family or your friends or even communities like the HAPA Festival in the play. <laughs> I definitely cried while editing this podcast and so did our other producer, Melanie. So I, I hope you enjoy part two and all the, uh, the love and support that's in it. Thank you for listening. I wade through the fog of it all I know I'm alone But I'll never be lonely In a fit Of pure understanding I know I'll get
8: Thank you Thank <laughs> you.